Welcome to Culture Bucket, the universe's greatest, most favourite podcast, where two good, great friends talk all things popular culture forever. Forever, um, ever. This is the Sorry. one, exactly. This is the 110th episode. Uh, exciting. Only 10 to go until 120. And we will be doing our culture catch up today, talking about things that we've been watching, listening to, etc. Going over some homework that we had, maybe watching some movie trailers and other things. A good fun time for yes. all. Um, before we get into all that, though, I would like to ask you to rate us and review us anywhere you can. You can do it on Spotify. You can do it on Apple Music. You can do it on Google, um, probably. <laughs> you can do it in loads of different places, uh, and we'd love to get some reviews and some feedback and, and hear what people think of us and, you know, spread the word to your friends and get more people listening. That'd be lovely. Um if and links to talk to us and give us some feedback and rate and review us and all of those things in the on our link tree which is linked to in the show notes for this and every episode, along with a link to buy us a coffee should you wish to. So please um, do go and do those things. Um, yeah, I'm George, your host, and I'll be talking to you today alongside my co-host, Alex. Hi, Hi. George. Hi, everyone. I'm very excited today because I can play this song for you. Are you ready? Uh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, what number is that? What number episode are we on? Well, on number so what, are we gonna, what song are we going to use for our 110th anniversary? Oh, oh yay. <laughs> we were say, we said we were going to listen to it after saying how Jackie, uh, Jackie's Brown, Jackie Brown's soundtrack is so good. That is true, and I'd forgotten that, so yeah. thank you for remembering <laughs> Wow. Best song ever. Uh, this is actually the beginning of Jackie Brown. This is the beginning yeah. of Jackie Brown, the greatest... Second greatest Quentin Tarantino yeah. movie, probably. Uh, oh, I love this shot. Pam Greer just on a... What are they called? Those things a that... Travel, a travelator. A tra- is that what they're called? I think it's a travelator, yeah. Have you ever tried to beat a travelator? Uh, I, yeah, probably. It's not a t- tough thing to do, is it? It's 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 hard because it's actually you know you have to walk pretty fast. Yeah, fair enough. Like yeah. beat it if somebody stands on it without moving, and then you beat. Or they well, I guess you have well? to walk. Beat it. Well, that would be tough. Walking. Ah, oh, Bobby Womack. Okay, last bit. Oh, this film is so good. I might watch it again this afternoon. It's pretty worth... Yeah, you should. Right. Okay. Cut it. So... Stop. <laughs> We're going to get taken down. Um, 
How okay. are you doing today, George? <laughs> R.I.P. RIP Bobby Womack, by the way. Yes. What a, what a talent. Great Gorillaz song he did. Yes. If you haven't heard it. Stylo. Yes. What, mm. a, what a legend of, uh, of stage and screen. What a legend. L- legend. Um, I'm really good. Good. Yeah, it's hot. Summer is here. Um, I'm prepping for my summer holidays where mm-hmm. we're going to hang out. I brought some shorts. Oh, yeah. wonderful. I've not had some good shorts in a while, so I brought some shorts. Mm-hmm. I sold I sold some stuff on eBay recently to make yeah. some money. Because, uh, you know, that's when you want, when I want to actually buy a thing that's not part of my monthly expenditure now, yeah. I have to find a way to hustle some money. So I sold, a, <laughs> I sold a PlayStation Vita and a Nintendo 3DS on eBay. In the back of my mind, I was like, I'll save this money and I'm going to buy a Steam Deck, which is... Well, let's not get into it, but it's an expensive games console. Okay. Um, and then I was like, no, I need. To, I, and then and then and then I, having sold the two things and having a bit of money in my pocket, uh, I went to get dressed one day and noticed that all my underwear is uh, ravaged by time. So um, the money I earned from those consoles, rather than going onto new oh, toys, has has had to go into into new underwear. Uh, and I took the opportunity to also buy some shorts, which is Good. lovely. And I brought uh, a new pair of dungarees, but potentially problematically short dungarees. Okay. Which could end up looking like uh, lederhosen. <laughs> have you, have you, did you buy them online? Yeah, I bought them in the same place I brought my current dungarees. Okay. Um, have you received them yet? No, no, I've not received them okay, yet. Okay, so you haven't them. tried them yet, so you don't know. I haven't tried them. No, I don't know yet. I'm, I'm nervous. But yeah. uh, it's going to be very, very hot over the summer. Yeah, so yeah, need... yeah, because we're going to a very hot part of Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need something light and airy. Yeah, like a caftan or something. Or a pair of dungaree shorts. <laughs> we might as well be naked where we're going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be hot scorcho. Yeah. Um, but wonderful. Cool. That's exciting. I can't yeah. wait to do that. Um, I know. Me too. But for now, um, I'd like you to tell me about your... Um... Culture catch-up. Yeah, what have you been doing? This is culture catch-up time. This is where we talk about what we've watched, what we've read, what we've listened to, and probably some other stuff. So I've been quite sick all week. Uh, so goblin it, mode, eh? Got <laughs> big goblin mode. Goblin it, mode, big goblin like mode. Everything is all my the shutters have been closed. The, I've been in bed, and you, you can hear I've got a bit of a cold still. So I I needed something to like mellow and nice, and uh, so I don't I don't know. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned in passing that I felt ashamed that I watched this series called Exo Kitty. Uh, okay. <laughs> which is a Netflix series. I'm not going to talk about it much, uh, but I'm. It's about uh this um, uh this girl that decides to go American girl, uh that decides to go to Korea, uh to go to a school called Kiss, uh Korean International, something. Cool. International Korea's Korea's International School of Seoul, whatever. Uh, doesn't matter. And um, and her name is Kitty. And mm-hmm. uh, but this was this series a spin off of a film called To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and I decided to watch 
to all the boys I love before because like I need I need to know the origin story of the spin-off you know it's 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 necessary and also I was sick and I needed to watch something really mellow and um it's uh, to all the boys I love before is about the older sister of Kitty it's based on a book by the same name and it's very simple it's set in high school in the United States um Lara Jean Covey is a high school student she's got two sisters one older and one younger and they haven't unfortunately their mother passed away so they live only with their father her mother is allegedly korean even though all three actresses are not korean nor half (laughs) so but the mother is allegedly well the mother in the film is korean and the father is american they seem to have a very nice family dynamic and um uh, Lara Jean's older sister's got a boyfriend um, uh, who um, Lara Jean likes and um, you find out that Lara Jean is quite shy and in the past uh, few years every boy that she's ever liked and didn't think that was reciprocated she wrote a letter to them and put it in a box given to her by her mother um, one night her younger sister Kitty sees Lara Jean at home on a Saturday night and go goes, oh, how boring is she, you know, Saturday night at home. So what does she do, the little sister Kitty? She decides to send all these le- love letters to the boys that we're not supposed to see. Ooh. And so they all find out and they all kind of come to her and like, oh, one of them says, I'm gay. And the other one says, well, you know, why dated your sister? And then Peter Kavinsky says, oh, but, you know, I still love, you know, your ex-best friend. Uh-huh. Um, and... T- just to make to, to make the ex-best friend jealous and to make her sister's ex-boyfriend go away, they create they start dating secretly. But if they're dating secretly, how is it gonna make anyone go away if they don't know? Ah uh, no, not secretly. Like it's no, sorry, not secretly. They make oh that makes sense. You're right. They make <laughs> they they not dating secretly, they're dating officially, but secretly their dating is not it's not real. They're okay. fake dating. So it's the, the o- it's the opposite of what you said initially. Oh my God, shall I start again? <laughs> no, don't start again. The thing is, it doesn't really... The, the, we doesn't don't need really to know the plot in detail. What did you think of the thing? Um, Should other people go and watch the thing? I think if you like... Well, if I, it's okay. It's fine. If you're sick in bed and it's like 600 degrees outside and you just need something that doesn't really hurt your brain... I think you should watch it. It's it's good, you know. It puts it like the it uh, the I think it was one of the first kind of films where the the main character is Asian and it's the love interest, so it's also kind of like good. The direction is quite good. It's got some really good frontal shots and it's quite fun. And it's a fun it's a fun film to to kind of watch and if you like kind of high school kind of dry, uh, comedies mm. um some of them one of somebody compared it to the age of 17 and the age of 17 is a masterpiece this is not a masterpiece this is just something that if you're like you know your brain doesn't want to function but because i was very sick then um this is a trilogy of films so <laughs> yeah we're going to all the boys p.s i still yeah. love you and so then i watched to all the boys p.s i still love you and then i watched to all the boys now and forever what was it called always and forever always and forever and um they get worse as they go on 
So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, in the second one, one of the guys from the love letters comes back and, uh, you know, kind of professes his love for her. But she's going out with Peter Kavinsky officially now and not see, and not um, fake. It's not fake dating. Um, and, you know, she has to decide which, which one she likes the most. Weird. And then in the third one, uh, they go to Korea and they have to decide which college they go to. Um mm. Uh, it's it's fine, you know. I think I think if I was uh, fourteen years old, I would have enjoyed them all. But I'm not fourteen, and um, you know, the first one is always the best one. I think. What did people compare it to? The Edge of Seventeen with uh, with Hailey. Yeah. Ah, uh, that is a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, and you know, this is not a masterpiece. It's okay, and um, you know, I find I find it. And now I know this film was made. Well, they started making them in 2018, which is like five years ago. And in mm-hmm. five years, a lot of cha- has changed. But I find it really weird when, you know, none of the the, the the actresses have any Korean in them and they're acting as half Koreans. It feels mm-hmm. a little bit like any Asian will do. But in a way, Ex- Exo Kitty, the spinoff that I originally watched, um, they are um, the, the actors from the Korean school are actually Korean. So maybe okay. they're trying to um, redeem themselves. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so that's to all the boys I've loved before and the trilogy. Um, if you have a, yeah, <clears throat> if you have a cold and you're sick, watch it. Goblin um, mode. Eh? Goblin mode. <laughs> If you're in goblin mode, watch two other boys I've loved before. With all the t- you know, when you like, there's tissues everywhere, yeah, cups yeah, yeah. of like half drunk cups of tea, yeah, a water bottle, and you're just like, oh god, I need to, yeah, great for goblin mode. And then I watched a film that you said was wonderful, and I mm. needed uh, some wonderful in my life, and I watched uh, Rye Lane, a film that you ah. recommended a while ago. Yes, um, really great film. Uh, really fun. It goes um very, you know, quickly. And, yeah, it does uh, go quickly. It's about it? just two people that meet randomly in an art gallery, and they both have gone through different kind of breaks up breakups, and it's just them uh walking along London, um starting to like each other and going for adventures, and it's wonderful i i love how it's shot i love the colors of it um there are some bits where like there's this like <clears throat> fish eyes lens yeah yeah it's yeah. just and it just makes it so different and wonderful i i really i really enjoyed it and um and how in an hour and 23 minutes the characters kind of develop from at the beginning i thought like both characters were a bit stiff but by the end of the film they kind of loosened up and I don't know if it was a kind well, of like they're, a... they're stiff they're stiff because we're meeting them when they're meeting new people as well right? yeah so they're a bit yeah. awkward just, yeah yeah and by the end it's just so um they're just lovely and I love like you know the boat thing she's on a boat and she she doesn't know where the boat is going and uh, it's just wonderful really good yeah mm. thank you for the wreck yeah, you're very welcome. Are you the kind of person that waves at boats? I'll wave at anything if it waves at me. Hi. <laughs> Do you? Don't are be you? the kind. Ca- yeah, yeah. Don't be the kind of person that won't wave at a boat. Yeah. Boring. 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 
Um, and then God, I'm really glad you liked Riley, and it's it's a wonderful film. Did you uh, were you excited by the little cameo in the in the uh, burrito yes, shop? Yes, Colin Firth <laughs> is in it, and he's selling burritos. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, like, I really like that long. Yes, loved it, and there's some music from Sampha which mm. is an artist I've been talking about throughout this uh, this uh, our podcast. And it I it hasn't done an album since 2017. And when I hear him, I love him. And um, I don't know where he is. I'm, uh, mm. I want him to make more music. Uh, yes. And then because um, <clears throat> I was still being a goblin... <laughs> Goblin mode. Yeah. Um, and I've been meaning to watch this series because of um, well, season four being incredible. I started watching Succession, so I've only oh, watched right. like uh, four episodes mm-hmm. of the first season. Nice. It's very addictive. It is quite addictive, isn't it? It's insane, and I I love you know <laughs> one thing. So Succession is about rich people fucking each other over basically it's about the worst people in the world yeah like and genuinely there isn't a single redeemable character in the no thing. and it's about it's it's like a news corp corporation company or a media company oh no i don't even know it's what about they do. the murdochs is what yeah, it's about yeah really. yeah and the wonderful thing about this is just i genuinely dislike everybody in in mm. Show. Even like cousin Greg, you're like, oh, is this going to be our like audience surrogate character? No, no he's horrible. No. It's just I a dis- terrible piece yeah. of work. Yeah, just I just everybody is this just terrible, and so I don't feel bad for anything happening, and it's quite refreshing. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, really yeah. refreshing because usually I'm like, oh no, what's going to happen? So in one episode, you know, Kendall, can't believe somebody will call Ken, Kendall. Uh, you know, something happens to uh, the son they're supposed to inherit everything. And I didn't care. I was like, who cares? You can just spend $4 billion on anything. I don't care. <laughs> What's the thing that happens? Like, it's, only, um, it's, it's episode four of season one. If people haven't seen it to that point, then sorry, skip. Yeah, skip it, episode four, season one, um, what happens is when um, uh, Kendall is supposed to do a speech. Oh, at the charity dinner. See, so... Okay, yeah, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, yes. see, see. <laughs> bene. Bene, bene. Bene, bene. So, yeah, he's supposed to do a speech. It's the, it's the, it's the charity thing. And um, I, one one guy I really like, but I don't care if anything bad happens to you, is the eldest brother. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's the... A, he's as, he reveals himself to be the worst <laughs> one, I think. He's it's awful. Terrible. But, yeah, in that episode... Um, when he's father, freaking out at the start. <laughs> yeah, sorry, the, go on. Uh, in, in the fourth episode, his friend Stewie, who's despicable, like... Uh, Kendall's friend Stewie, oh, who's God. bought like who's ma- who's given loads of money to the company, um, Bad they're bloke. in they're having a meeting, and then the father Logan comes in, and then he leaves, and then he comes in again and tells Kendall to leave, and then uh, Logan and Stewie have a kind of a meeting, and usually I would feel bad about that. I was like, oh poor Kendall, but I don't care because Kendall is despicable as well. They're all terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Kendall's wife doesn't want to be with him. I don't care. You're a terrible guy. Of course she guy. doesn't want to be with him. Why would you want to be with him? <laughs> exactly. And I just, ah, oh, it's been so good because I thought, oh my God, I'm going to watch something that's going to make me really angst. No, because if they fail, great. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. The the bit, uh, if, up, to, up to, I've seen all of season one and the yeah. bit 
you've seen the bit that for me is the most upsetting, cringeworthy, like makes me feel ill watching it bit is at the end of the first episode where Roman offers to pay that boy a million dollars if he gets a home run. Oh, it's so horrible. Awful. It's it, I. It's the worst thing a human yeah. being could do to another yeah. human being. It's yeah. so horrible when he tears yeah. up that check. Yeah. Oh, he's. Yeah. My, I think he's my favorite character though for how unwaveringly yeah. terrible. Uh, um, is it Kieran Culkin's character, yeah. Roman Roy? Horrible. Oh, I don't know. The eldest brother is so unhinged that I quite enjoy when he's around. The, the butter! The butter! But then at the end, where one person says to him, Oh, you did a really good job, and he runs back to the kitchen and goes, We did it! We did it! It's a. They love it! They absolutely love it! It's just, he's... And three seconds before, he just fired everybody. Yeah. Oh, it's it's um I'm looking forward to re- to watching more, but it's like an hour long episode. Yeah, so I know that's the one. It's so. Did, long. Do you know the guy that plays Connor, Alan Rook? He's the best friend from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's mad. It's it's incredible, and maybe that's why I like him so much. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I remember when he had like black hair, and you know, and wasn't awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting show to watch, and um, yeah. Matthew um, McFadden's really good in it. I really like him in it. Um, yeah. Shiv's partner. Yeah. Shiv's really good in it. Yeah. Uh oh yeah. I'm I, I'm going to keep watching it as and well. And they so all we hate their father, him. but when he's in the brink of dying, they're all like, "Oh my god." It's like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. You all hate each other. They also, they, they should hate their father. He's awful. Awful. He's a terrible man. He's so bad. Mm. I, in a way I, do, I I I I if uh, um the father's wife, which Marcia, Marcia, Mar- 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 if Marcia kind of wins everything, I'd be quite happy. Like uh, if she gets all the money, she's pretty bad as well. I reckon. Yeah. What season are you on? I'm end of season one. I've not started okay. season two yet. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah I'm looking on. forward to to finishing this season and see what happens because like season four apparently blew everybody everybody's mind. Mm. Well, people yeah. have every season. People have loved. I think. I don't. I don't yeah. know if it's been. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And the, the, what I love is just the fact that their music, the the beginning music, is kind of throughout the the, the episode. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Oh, it's just so good. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> Kendall, and, I like the scenes of Kendall in the back of the limo as well, listening to hip hop because he's <laughs> he's such a moron. <laughs> he's <laughs> such a moron, and it's just like they're all morons, and you're just mm. oh. Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Right. What else have you been? And then I had to force myself because you watched it too. So I was like, I need to be at the same pace as George. Ah, no. Before that, I read a book. Sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. Before that, I read a book. You last year, you bought me a book called Misfits: A Personal Manifesto by uh, oh, Michaela yeah. Cole. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I managed to read it finally. Good. Well done. Yeah, um, I don't know why it took me so long. I think because I've, I've you know, I've got a list of books I need to read, but this took me a while. But um, it's very short. It's very short. I read it in a day. Uh, she had been invited to deliver um, this lecture called um, McTaggart le- lecture in uh, in Edinburgh Festival, and this is her lecture. Like this is what she wrote for her lecture. And um, it's um, it, there's a there's a beginning. So she she talks about uh, the beginning of the book is she kind of talks about um why she f- 
she's scared of moths and uh, her, she has no sense of smell. And before she starts writing for this lecture and then at the end the what the lecture kind of um to uh, brought to her and it's just basically um it just right she's writing about snapshots in her career uh for how from how it started uh when she grew up in tower hamlets and um how she she kind of lived life there and uh, how she failed uni but went to drama school how she how how chewing gum came about uh which i didn't really know about and uh her personal experience to write uh, i may destroy you um and just just about her being a misfit and it's a wonderful wonderful it's not a book it's just a wonderful essay uh and I really really enjoyed it and I love her as uh as a writer and actor and she's amazing and I think I love her even more Hmm. thank you for buying me that book you always you always bought me like every time you buy me a book it becomes like something that I really love like you bought me Murakami's when I talk about when I talk about running which I love that book and you bought me this just like thank you George you're welcome I'm glad glad it was a good read let's talk about something rubbish though something rubbish okay so you watched it so I watched it I watched the third episode of uh, The Idol Uh, yes and you watched the third episode of The Idol now this is truly goblin mode this is truly goblin mode, but I just oh I couldn't be bothered though. I I, I think I I think I fast forwarded the sex scenes. I just Fine. couldn't be bothered. I just couldn't be bothered to see Lily Do- Rose's depths nipples anymore. This is the worst one so this far. This is the worst. It keeps piece finding of t- new depths to plunge to with each episode. It's crazy. Like Exo Kitty that I've been talking about is better than this, and is. <laughs> this is prestige. This premiered at Cannes. Film festival. And this is Premier Can, and yeah. it it's so bad. Yeah, I've got here. I found I typed the Idol episode three into Google. And I found a list yeah. on Mashable, or an okay. article on Mashable written by Eleanor Cavender called mm. uh, "The Most WTF Scenes from Episode Three of the Idol." Okay. So I thought we could, uh, yeah, could go through that. So um, the first thing that she's talking about here is the scene where um, Leia. The only good actor performance in the entire show, uh, Rachel Sennett, uh, is made to take Ted Dross and Jocelyn shopping. And uh, as they are driving down Hollywood Boulevard or wherever it is, uh, Ted Dross and Jocelyn are having fun in the backseat of the car the entire journey. The entire journey. There's a beautiful moment where the camera pans around to Rachel Sennett and she just sort of rolls her eyes. And looks annoyed, and it's yeah. that's that's all of us watching the idol in that exact yeah. moment. Is all of yeah. us going, these two people? Oh my god! And there's a great. She quotes it here in the article. There's a very awful moment where Tedros says to Leia, "What's wrong, Leia? It's a little bumpy. You're hitting the brakes too much. Fucking up the vibe back here. Awful. Awful. <laughs> it's just awful. The worst. <laughs> Truly." Why? What's the point in that? They could just be in the back of the car and just be normal. No, they can't. No, No. they have to have they. They have have to to ruin Leia's day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um. Then we've got the Valentino show. (laughs) Um. Oh my god! Entire sequence is ridiculous. 
Uh, my favourite part is where he tries to threaten the guy who's selling clothes yeah. by going, let me catch you looking at her again. Yeah. Let me catch you looking at her again. Yeah. He's selling her clothes. Yeah. What is, what is wrong with you? What is the yeah. point of this? What character does The weekend think he's playing? I, I don't oh. know. Oh. And then, of course, Tedros and Jocelyn have sex. Um, yeah. But Jocelyn refuses to let Tedros finish. Uh, this is disgusting to, to just even discuss. But it is the whole. <laughs> it ends with it ends with the weekend just stood in front of a wall. Yeah. Um, yeah, doing a Roman. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Second time I saw I saw men <laughs> yeah, pleasuring themselves point. in a week. Um, but the scene is just when the weekend is threatening that guy. It's yeah. the least threatening thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I would struggle not to laugh at a person yeah. doing that to me. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. I don't know how... I don't know if the, if he thought he was playing that intimidating, but it's not. No. And and then the person would go, leave the shop now. Like... Yeah. No? Well, these are rich people, so maybe not in that circumstance, uh, but I, I don't know. Anyway, while all of that is going on, uh, they refilm the world class cinema video with um, uh, Jenny from Blackpink. And thank God we didn't have to hear to that, that song again. <laughs> yeah, we don't. It's time. just sort of done. It's done without really. It's done in a sort of little montage. You don't hear the song, which is wonderful because yeah. that's I've had enough of that. Uh, a great bit where um, Tedros is talking to I think it's Troy Sivan's character maybe. Yeah. Uh, and he pronounces the phrase "carte blanche." Yeah. As "carte blanche." Yeah. And I really hope that the weekend just thinks that's how that's pronounced, and no one was brave enough <laughs> to tell him he's wrong, because Microwave. it's it really made me laugh. <laughs> I don't know what, again, I don't know what the point is meant to be of him yeah. not knowing how to say carte blanche. Yeah, it's a common enough phrase. Yeah, carte blanche. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. And it, then, like this guy, it's clearly. Uh, disturbed. So the his character is unhinged and you know crazy, and when Hank Azaria and his assistant, which I can't remember his her name, question him, he becomes nervous. But it's like he's not supposed to be like that because he's he's a bad character. Usually those kind of people are like you know they just get more heightened, don't they? When you challenge. yeah, they get and they and they lies and they'll know everything. But instead, he he becomes this like shivering kid because oh, I didn't go to school. I don't want to talk about it. Like it it, it was it was out of character. If there's this evil guy who lies about everything, how does a question like that make him nervous? Especially as with, I think that scene comes after the scene of him making Jocelyn fire her chef. Yeah. Uh, where he slaps this man, and this man is much bigger than The weekend, and yeah. should have uh, just killed him. On the killed sp- him? <laughs> yeah. Like, the, it's so unrealistic that everybody's under The weekend's thumb. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make Why any sense. Why is she? Why is she firing her personal chef that she clearly really gets on with? Yeah. On the insistence of this obviously unhinged lunatic. Yeah. Who she shouldn't like. Yeah. Um, because the she's introduced in the first episode as like a fairly independent person. Yeah. Who, uh, pfft, bad, bad. And then the fa- the the thing about the mother, the hairbrush, <laughs> the hairbrush. I was like, oh. like somebody can be me- mentally and physically abusive, and they don't need a a brush 
It's like, why a brush? Like, apparently the mother used to, um, you know, beat her up, beat Jocelyn up with a brush. It's probably to do with it, the, the hairbrush symbolically being a symbol of, like, beauty and, and improving yourself. Or but improving it's so your looks. stupid. It's, it is stupid, yeah. It's but so that, that'll dumb. Be, that's why, isn't it? That's the reasoning. And then, and then he starts abused, like, beating her up with everybody watching. How is nobody stopping that? Because it's how you get good art. That, that was a bad episode. Like I, I it's truly. So but I'm bad. I'm getting some sort of perverse pleasure from watching how bad it is. Like I'm gonna watch I'm gonna keep watching it because of it's so terrible. Yeah. I I need to see where it goes. I like they think they've made a prestige HBO yeah. Dra- drama. Yeah. So what is gonna happen? Where's it gonna go? What do they think me makes something um an important piece of television? Because this ain't it. This is not important. <laughs> this is not important. Oh, oh my god. Like I don't know what they're trying to do. And the fact what annoys me is like, Lily Rose Depp is always naked. Women are always naked here, and men are always dressed, and it <coughs> really pisses me off. It's <coughs> such a. It's definitely. The, the the weekend's wet dream and I have zero respect for him now yeah man yeah zero. bad stuff yeah anything else no that's it for my for my goblin mode culture catch up good yeah not good but cool yeah okay then do you want to hear wow. from, from me yes please All I know right. that you've been to see one of the films I've been waiting for for a long time Mm, yeah, but I've seen a, m- a few movies this week, so I'll try and get through the less interesting ones quickly. Um, okay, first up, I'm going to go to... So, The AV Club, which yes. is a pop culture website, has done a list of the best horror movies of 2023 so far. And in at number... Let me find it. In at number six is a film called The Outwaters. Mm-hmm. The Outwaters. Okay. And I, I'm going to read you what the AV Club wrote about it, but they're, they're placing it above um, a, a few horror movies I've seen, so I was like, oh, okay. And I liked. They've written, The found footage subgenre is so packed with entries at this point that it's hard to imagine another film that will deliver the kind of absolute terror brought on by the found footage classics. The Outwaters, from writer-director Robbie Banfitch, is one of those movies, the story of four friends who head into the desert to shoot a music video and find something horrifying along the way. It's a nightmarish, relentless journey that will leave you shaken. Mm. Mm. I love a fan footage movie. We've got Blair Witch, Paranormal Activity. There's, you know, it's a, it's a whole genre unto, unto itself. Uh, and a new, interesting fan footage film doesn't come along that often, so I was like, let's watch it. So I rented it. I paid money yeah. to watch it. <laughs> Unbearable. <laughs> one of i don't get the like i use letterboxd as you do you know when you look up a movie on letterboxd it will give you a little bar chart um mm. of the ratings to show how many of each potential star rating it's received so for example if i look at asteroid city which i'll be talking about later it's had uh twenty seven thousand four star ratings it's had thirteen thousand four and a half star ratings and seven point mm. eight thousand five star ratings along with just uh, let me see if I can even get it. 465 one-star ratings. So, like, yeah. the bar chart for the Asteroid City goes up as you get mm. to the higher thing, right? The bar chart for the Outwaters looks like nothing I've seen before, 
where it sort of is level for the entire way. Mm. It's had 887 half stars, 1.2 thousand one stars. That's not a big difference. 909 one and a half, 1.6 thousand two star, 1.2 thousand two and a half, 1.6 thousand three star, 1.2 thousand three and a half, 1.2 thousand four and a half. And that does drop off. Not many people have gone above four and a half or four stars. Um... So it's had this weird response of like some people love it hmm. and some people hate it. Uh, the people who love it are wrong, and <laughs> the people who hate it are correct. It's it it is about these four friends that go into the desert to shoot a music video, um, and like with most found footage movies, it starts by just showing you sequences, small sequences in the lives of these people. Um, to uh to kind of introduce you to them and get invested in the characters and then at a certain yeah. point all hell sort of breaks loose. Um Yeah. The problem is that it's an hour and 50 minutes long, which is very mm. long for a found footage movie. Found footage movies Definitely. normally top out at like 85 minutes or so. The the sequence where you're getting to know the characters and seeing sections in their lives is an hour or almost an hour of the film <laughs> okay. with nothing nothing really scary happening. And the problem is that the character, you don't really know, like it's it's a lot of shots of the characters existing and talking and discussing, but you, I came out of that hour of the film feeling like I didn't understand who any of the characters were beyond mm. that one of the one that they, some of them were filmmakers, some of them were, one of them was a singer and she was making a music video, but I didn't have any reason to like or care about any of the characters. And then when it all kicks off and starts being horrendous and scary, I didn't care if anything good or bad happened to anyone. And also, and I think the reason some people love this movie is it almost does... I talked about Skinner Inc. a month or so ago, which is a, mm. another kind of big horror movie from the from this year that's very uh, expressionistic and experiential and doesn't have like a solid plot to, to latch onto, but just kind of takes you through its own interest in vision of 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 horror the outwaters tries to do that as well by having the last like 40 minutes of the movie or so be pretty much all in the dark all shot from this one guy's camera but he's only got a flashlight that provides like a small circle of light on the screen and it's just moving across things so it's almost Mm. impossible to get a sense of what's going on and it's intentionally trying to disorient you but it's to yeah. such a high degree that it, I found it impossible to at any point really know what was going on. And then when it does mm. settle into a scene for any period of time, it's just nonsense. Uh, and yeah, I, I did not like it at all. I, I mm. found nothing redeeming, redeemable about it um, and gave it a half a star. So um, as if anyone happens to be listening to this who's read that AV Club list, don't fall for it. Bad film. Bad. <laughs> Bad film. Is it scary at all? No. Because you can't... Like, it shows you a load of... St- it shows you people covered in blood all the time. At one point, somebody cuts mm. their penis off and smashes it on the oh. floor. It's got That's all this stuff in it, but none of it matters. Mm. None of it feels like it has any context. So it, I didn't find it scary or gross. I just I just was, like, waiting for it to end. Um, which yeah. was a real shame, because it cost me £4. Um, which I'd like back, but never mind. Anyway, up next is another movie. This one I saw in the cinema, uh, which paradoxically means it didn't cost me money, really, because I have the Cineworld 
card, which uh, on this occasion yeah. I'm glad for. Um, the movie Greatest Days. Oh. Yeah, the movie Greatest Days. I'm looking at the poster for it now, and the tagline is the official Take That musical. Oh. Oh. Is it? I it didn't know is. that. Yeah. So I went oh. to see the, the, the Take That musical. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, mainly to fill time while I was waiting for another movie to start that I'll talk about later. Okay. Um, this film stars Ashleen B uh, as, nice. as Rachel. So yeah, she's great. Uh, it has a bunch of other people in it as well. Uh, the, the main one that I am inter- I was interested in, really the reason I kind of want to watch the movie, is it also features Alice Lowe who mm. was in Garth Marenghi's Dark Place years ago. She was in the movie Prevenge. Yeah. She was in Sightseers. Alice Lowe is the best. Um, she's yeah. very much working for hire in this movie and more power to her. Um, this film, uh, first of all, it's based on a stage play called, that I think was called, um, it wasn't called Greatest Days. I think it was called The Band originally. Um, okay. A stage play that was originally cast via a BBC talent reality show thing mm. to find the cast and then it toured the country and did fairly well and now they've made a movie out of it um i was reading that behind the scenes the producers tried to get rebel wilson to be in it and they wanted it to be quite a big film with a large mm. budget but when they went to hollywood all of hollywood were like well nobody's heard of take that in america so what? no yeah take that really? on big in america yeah, yeah apparently so oh so you can actually tell subsequently as you're watching it that the budget is tiny Mm. Um, but they did manage to get, you know, having Ashley B and Alice Lowe as like the two leads, um, or Alice, Ashley B is the lead really. And Alice Lowe is one of the yeah. kind of, uh, side characters, but you know, they cast well with what they had. Um, it mm. follows, uh, mainly follows Rachel played by Ashley B, who's a, a pediatric nurse as she wins tickets to go and see a reunion of the boys. Weirdly, even though the poster oh. says the official take that mu- musical, the words yeah. take that are never spoken in the film. They are always oh. just referred to as the boys. Um, mm. I don't really know why. Take that even cameo briefly in the film. Um, oh. So again, I don't quite know why it can have take that all over the edge of it, but it can't actually say take that in the film, unless it's an artistic choice, but I don't know why you would do that because it's quite clearly That's weird. about... So, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Um, anyway, she wins, t- she wins uh, tickets in a radio competition to go to their reunion show in Athens, and the movie then starts to uh, veer between um, watching her decide on who to take with her to the concert even though we realise she knows who she wants to take Um, Mm. and 25 years earlier when her and four of her school friends went to see Take That uh, The Boys in Manchester in like the early 90s on their first tour Um, and eventually culminating in a reunion between her and three of her friends from back then, one of them isn't there why? You'll find out over the course of the movie Um, Mm. As they go together to Athens, having not seen each other in a long, very long time, and reconnect and rekindle the friendship, and in, intermittently the movie will stop for all the characters to perform a Take That song. Thing is, I'm not a big fan of Take That, but they do have some decent pop songs. Yeah. Definitely. Shine is a very good song. I'm more into mm. their recent stuff post-reunion than their original stuff, but they do have some good pop songs. Mm. So not a bad idea for a musical. Ashley and B, exceptionally uh, charismatic. Uh, Alice Lowe, great performer. The rest of the cast are really good as well. Mm. But the 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 filmmaking itself, possibly due to the restricted budget, is not good. I I I was frustrated by like there's a lot of scenes where 
the the shots of the choreography during the, the musical numbers restrict your view of the actual choreography to such a degree that it's hard to tell what's going on and I found okay. it really irritating and frustrating the actual story itself um slows down when it should speed up and speeds mm. up when it should slow down like the sequence of the actual union in Athens is over before you realize it's begun um and then it it, it spends a lot of time on on moments and ideas that, that that it doesn't need to and yeah ultimately I'm not really the audience for it and it is getting decent reviews but I yeah. was sort of irritated by the slightly amateurish production um i felt it wasn't really just crazy because the guys from tiktok must have enough money to put money in the film yeah but why would you like it's like they've they're not their film no i mean it's based on their music and stuff but it uh, they're they're they're, um they're what do you call it um no not no not notoriety reputation their reputation isn't riding on it or anything like They've licensed the music for the film. The filmmakers are making the film. Mm. Uh, I'm sure they're happy for it to be happening, but they're not filmmakers. It's not their world. Like they're yeah, but you know, like putting some money into a film that is about you just to make it better and to make more money. You know, it's always an investment. I know, but I think probably they knew it. I mean, I I don't think that's probably how quite how filmmaking works okay. entirely. But in terms of know, like. like do people not put money in films? You know, you can yeah, be a sponsor. Yeah, pe- people tend not to... Studios will put money into films. I don't think people tend to put... Like, the amount of money it would have taken to take this from what it is to, like, a Hollywood production would have been probably more than Gary Barlow would want to just throw in. On the off chance it didn't... Like, they can do a tour and guarantee mm. themselves a massive payday. They could punch, push a bunch of money into this and realistically mm. it would it could it could easily flop and, that you know, they're not seeing that money again. Anyway... But maybe maybe they should have done, maybe they could have done, but they didn't, and that's we're left with what we're left with. And it's fine, but it could have been better. And, you know, if you'd love Take That, I'm sure you'll get some good time out of it. Yeah. Moving on to a movie that I love is The Wicker Man. Whoa. What? <laughs> the old one? Yes, 1973's The Wicker Man, celebrating okay. this year it's ah, 50th anniversary 50th anniversary 50th anniversary wow. as such studio canal who currently have the rights are releasing a massively uh, embellished deluxe blu-ray 4k ultra hd package of it in september mm-hmm. um uh with various cuts of the film spread across three discs it is hitting cinemas or it did hit cinemas for a single day last week on the summer solstice the longest day of the year um very apt oh um, for a special 50th anniversary presentation. Now, I am talking about it because, A, the film is perfect and brilliant, and if you haven't seen The Wicker Man, go and watch The Wicker Man. It's mm. astonishing filmmaking. It's very, very good. Um, And I, won't, I don't want to tell you any more about it because the plot is... The fun of the plot is seeing it unfold. But however... What I did go to see it in the cinema last week because I was like, this is one of my favourite movies. I've got a massive Mondo mm. poster of it um, in my living room uh, and I've never seen it in the cinema. This is a great opportunity. I booked the tickets and the tickets said The Wicker Man, 50th anniversary, plus bonus features uh, oh. or plus bonus content. And I was okay. like, oh, there's probably like a, a deleted scene or something uh, that they've restored. Um, it'll be after the film because traditionally... 
I've seen a couple of films in the past that have got like a Q and A or this, that, and the other thing, mm. and they always show it after the movie, right? Um, mm. I got in the cinema. It was scheduled to start at half seven. Sometimes with these special showings of things, you're not sure if there's going to be adverts or not. So we got to the cinema about half seven to get there on time. Sat down in the seats. No, it was a standard showing. Twenty five minutes of adverts. So it's oh after all the ads, all the Pepsi Max adverts, etc. Um, and finally, at eight o'clock, the movie begins to start. Uh, and uh, the BBFC title card comes up saying The Wicker Man. And then a new title card comes up with like a bunch of nice artwork on it. And in the centre, it says The Wicker Man, 50th anniversary celebration. And in my head, I thought, oh, lovely. They've done like a special little title card for it. That's cool. Uh, and then instead of the movie starting, it cut to a footage of a, of a stage somewhere um pre-recorded footage not live footage uh and a band walked in walks into frame and proceeds to play a song from the film because if you haven't seen the wicker man it's almost a musical it verges on being a mm. musical it's got a lot of music in it and it's all it's almost all diegetic so it's it's it exists within the world of the film um and i was like oh okay what's going on this is interesting but i guess we'll watch this and then get into the film uh they finished playing the song and then the camera cuts over and Edith Bowman walks out onto the stage. Um, British DJ, Edith Bowman. She then proceeds hmm. to interview various people about the film The Wicker Man. Okay. For an hour. <gasps> for an hour. Including, with each interviewee, a, a, a section where she'll say, you've picked a clip from the film to share with us. Can you explain your clip and then we'll watch it? <laughs> And then they would show mm. three to four minutes of the movie The Wicker Man yeah. that we're all sat there waiting to see. Okay. Why? Mm. It was a 50th anniversary celebration happened in May in London or something and they'd filmed it to do this. They didn't edit it at all. You saw the entire evening. They didn't even cut out the film clips, right? Some of the inter- like the first interviewee was the independence film critic. Right? Ah, so it wasn't even Edith Bowen Bowman there. No, it was a no, film God, of no, her. no, no, no. This was all on the film. Oh this my wasn't God. her. Oh. No, this oh. happened in cinemas around the country. Um, the first interview was the the independent film critic. She's she, lovely. She seems like a lovely person. She's got nothing to do with the Wicker Man, and her thoughts on the Wicker Man are the same as mine. It's a great movie. I didn't need to yeah. see her talk about it for ten minutes. Um. The second interviewee was a guy who worked on the soundtrack and is in the movie. Fine. Okay. Mildly interesting to hear from him. Third interview was Reese Shearsmith from the League of Gentlemen. Absolutely fine. I'll watch him any day of the week. Yeah. After that, they brought on the two of the director's sons. The director has eight children or something. The director's passed away now. Uh, two of his sons, who uh, one of whom was the worst person I've ever seen, um, ever. Uh, deeply irritating person who okay. are, were there to shill their documentary about the Wicker Man they're making, which is called Wicker Mania. Okay. Mm. Uh, which they are currently <laughs> kick-starting. Uh, they showed a trailer for it. Tr- truly dreadful stuff. Um, then they interviewed, I can't remember, someone else, and then it ended with Britt Eklund, who is an actress that's in the movie. Fine. An hour, though, a full hour. They They kept cutting back and showing that band playing more songs in the movie. It was horrendous. When the film actually started, uh, somebody at the back went, we've made it, and everyone cheered. Um, That's 
why i i the the next day i kept going on twitter and just searching wicker man and sorting it by like most recent tweets and just a torrent of people all over the country complaining about that it, they spoiled the film like all kinds of things eventually culminating i finally found a tweet from studio canal apologizing for it and saying it was that we shouldn't have done it and in the future we'll show special features like that after the movie because if you show it after the movie yeah. fine if you want to stay and watch it stay and watch it if you don't want to stay and watch it go yeah. on don't make everyone sit through it so the Wicker Man's a brilliant movie. Um, if I and now if you you'll you'll never be forced to sit through that nightmare. So uh, just what if you haven't watched it yet, go and watch it. it's good. But that I've just wanted to share that terrible <laughs> experience. Um, okay, up next I've got a horror movie, a psychological horror movie directed by Anthony De Blasi uh, from twenty fourteen called Last Shift. Mm-hmm. Super low budget. Um, eighty seven minutes long. Follows. Uh, Jessica Lauren, uh, played by Julian Juliana Harkavy, who is a uh, detective policewoman in America. She's been tasked with doing the last shift at a police station that's about to shut down. She has to stay there overnight until a hazmat crew turn up to remove all of the um, evidence that's sort of like used needles, etc., etc., that needs to be gotten rid of safely. Mm. Um, she proceeds to then get menaced by various uh, presences in the in the police station uh, as she uncovers a horrific event that occurred there involving uh, f- members of her family and a Manson-esque uh, cult. Um, mm. I watched this last night immediately after watching The Outwaters, uh, and maybe it's because The Outwaters was so bad, but I really mm. liked this film. It's super low okay. budget, it's super cheap, but and you can mm. tell when you're watching it, but the actual filmmaking on display is good. Like, Anthony Blassi is clearly a good film director. Uh, he Last year, he released a remake of this movie. He remade his own film. Uh, the remake is called Malum, and apparently it's not quite as good as this. Um, so I definitely make, recommend going back and watching this one. I watched it for free on Amazon Prime, and um, it felt like having a big McDonald's after suffering <laughs> through a horrible salad uh, with the Outwaters. It was just very easy to watch. Had some good little gore yeah. effects some good scares, didn't over-rely on jump scares, kind of set it scares up nicely, psychologically. Um, and um, Juliana Harkavy is the main character, was uh, played it really well and was good to watch. So I'd recommend people go and check out The Last Shift. Felt like a mixture of stuff like Assault on Precinct 13 and um, Wes Craven mm. kind of Nightmare on Arm Street type stuff. So that was good. Okay, getting into some bigger stuff now. Black Mirror. Black Mirror. I haven't watched it. Black Mirror's back, baby. Um, yes. Yes. Do you do you like Black Mirror? Um, some I I I haven't followed it in the recent years. I watched the first season. Mm. Um, the one where there's a prime minister that puts his penis in a pig. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, but then in the, recent wasn't that years, just the news? um and then i watched one with you when we were in wales um the one where you had to choose terrible i didn't like yeah that was bad i think i fell asleep whilst we were doing it it didn't it never ended it was it was a nightmare and i think i think i just watched that season and that episode and nothing else i don't think okay well i think you should so the new season uh i wasn't interested in because the last season wasn't it was only three episodes long and two of the episodes mm. I really really didn't like so it kind of left me with yeah. a bad taste in my mouth so this new season of Black Mirror has been out for a week or so 
and I finally got round to checking it out, and uh, it's 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 one of the good ones. I've this it's five episodes, okay. and I've only watched four of them so far. I've got one more to watch. Mm. Uh, but the first episode um, is called Joan is Awful and stars uh, Shits Creek's Annie Murphy, also from Kevin Caneff mm. himself, uh, who I really, really yeah. like. And that one's a really good sort of dark comedy. Second episode is called Lock Henry and it's a Scottish set uh, take on the true crime documentaries genre. Mm-hmm. But obviously it's all, you know, it's a Black Mirror uh, twist on it. Uh, I really, I think that's one of the best Black Mirrors they've ever done. Really, really okay. good. Uh, the third episode is called Beyond the Sea, and it stars uh, Breaking Bad's Aaron Paul um, mm. as an astronaut in like an alternative history version of 1969. Um, that's like an hour and 20 minutes, like a little kind of oh, short, wow. almost like a short feature film. Mm. Uh, really enjoyed it. And then the fourth episode is called Maisie Day, uh, and it's the weakest one in the, that I've seen so far of, of this new season. Mm. Um, it's sort of, it's got Zazie Beats in it, who's in the... Atlantis, Atlantis, yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta, those sort yeah. of things. Um, and I like her a lot, so her charms kind of got you through it. But it 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 feels like an odd choice for a Black Mirror episode, and I won't say anything mm. else. But it's only about forty minutes long, so it doesn't overstate its welcome too much. And then the final episode is called Demon Seventy Nine. I've not got to it yet, but um, it's a strong series. Maybe something we could talk about in more detail okay. if you wanted to to give it a go at some point. But yeah. I'd recommend people go and check out Black Mirror and definitely the the Lock Henry episode. And I won't say much mm. more than that because I don't want to spoil anything. But uh, good stuff. Yeah. And then finish on two strong ones. The I went to see the new 2023 R-rated Jennifer Lawrence comedy, No Hard Feelings. Ah, yes. Yes, No Hard Feelings, Alex. This movie is a film. <laughs> is it? Yes. Great. Starring Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. As... Maddie Barker, mm. uh, a 32-year-old woman who lives in Montauk, which is one of those like tourist towns on the uh, east coast of America uh, okay. where people, t- people tend to live there, people tend to summer there. But she, okay. she lives there in a house left to her by her mother and due to uh, property taxes increasing, um, she is in on the verge of losing her house. And she's mm. an Uber driver and the movie opens with cousin Richie from the Bear taking her car. So she's, <laughs> yeah. in, she's on hard times. Uh, she stars alongside Andrew Barr Feldman's Percy Becker, who's a 19-year-old um, sort of reclusive, introverted nerd boy whose parents are nervous about the fact he's about to go off to Princeton, a very prestigious university, mm. and he's not really had many life experiences. He, they feel he's unprepared. So they put out a Craigslist advert uh, mm-hmm. requesting uh, a woman to date their son, and in return they'll receive a Buick car. Um, and Jennifer Lawrence sees this advert. She's in need of a car to save her house. And so she embarks upon a mission to date, in quotation marks, uh, Matthew Broderick's son. Mm. Um, also in the cast is uh, uh, Laura Benanti plays uh, Percy's mother, who's uh, good in it. Natalie Morales, who's uh, in a few episodes of Parks and Recreation, plays uh, Sarah, who's um, Jennifer Lawrence's best friend. Um, and... Um, yeah, it it's a, it's an it's it's an R-rated studio Hollywood comedy. And that mm. kind of thing doesn't come along all that often anymore. It stars Jennifer Lawrence who's never made a film like this before. And um I it's had it's had a mixture of reviews. It's had some positive reviews. It's had quite a few reviews from people saying this kind of movie shouldn't be made anymore. It's ma- it's making fun of, you know, um introverted uh, mm. virginal types, etc. And I think it is, but it's doing it with love, in my view. Mm. I, I think that there is a place in the world for films like this. Uh, 
morally you know in in rea- if this if this existed in reality the story would be morally questionable but it's it's done okay. it's a comedy it, we know it's ridiculous and a bad idea mm. but it's a comedy so you know calm down um mm. Jennifer Lawrence is is a funny person and she's really really funny in this she has no fear at all there is a sequence involving full frontal nudity which is very funny and unexpected yeah um and yeah uh pretty shocking to see in a cinema but um you know other than that her her chemistry of her co-star is really mm. really strong Andrew Barr Feldman is I think he has a musical theater background you can tell from a certain scene in the movie that he probably does yeah and um he's very funny in it as well she's very funny in it they get on you know it it what it, it, they make it work they make the idea of this 32 year old woman sort of falling a bit for this 19 year old boy mm. um they make it make sense in the world of the film mm-hmm. and uh i had a really good time with it it's a it's a nice. it's a very easy film to watch it's very enjoyable very fun it's a good laugh yeah i liked it i liked it yeah. i probably sound like an idiot for liking it but i liked it so mm. that's that um are you gonna yeah, are you gonna watch, watch yeah yeah I wanna watch it definitely and then th- but it doesn't seem to be in any cinema here I bet it's not because it's very I don't know how much it will travel yeah mm. but um yeah. I'm sure it'll hit streaming soon enough and you'll be able to to check it out and then lastly big yes. one the latest movie uh. from Wes Anderson yeah Asteroid oh. City with maybe the most stacked cast he has ever. Yeah. Pulled together. I mean, we've got like everybody, everybody. I'm just going to run through some of them. Yeah, go for it. Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett yes. Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Adrian Brody, Lee Schreiber, Hope Davis, Stephen Park, Rupert Friend, Maya Hawke, Steve Carell, Matt Dillon, Hong Chow, Willem Dafoe, Margot Robbie, Tony Revolori, and Jeff Goldblum. Amazing. Yeah. Um, some of those people are in the movie for probably less than a minute, but they're in the movie <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it's set in, it's, it's, it, I don't really want to spoil it because I'd, I'd managed to miss that this was the case in the <gasps> film. Oh no, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it, um, Please. until I saw it, but it has, uh, it, it, it is, it has similarities to the Grand Budapest Hotel in the way it sets itself okay. up, which is cool. Um, it's, is set in 1955, I think. It's set in the 50s in a, mm. a tiny town in in, in uh, America, in the middle of uh, the desert, um, called Asteroid City, um, which has a population we see at the start of, like, 89 or something. It's, it's meant to be an absolutely tiny middle-of-nowhere okay. town, but it, it's got a big crater in it from when an asteroid hit uh, thousands of mm. years earlier and every year hosts the annual junior stargazers competition um yeah. and we meet a bunch of characters as they arrive in asteroid city for this competition uh, the main character is sort of nominally jason schwartzman's augie steenbeck who's a war photographer who's who's there um partly to take his son woodrow who's a genius to the young stargazers competition mm. and also to take his all of his children including his three daughters to um their grandfather's house, uh, played by Tom Hanks, uh, as their mother has sadly passed away and he's not, mm. not yet told them. <laughs> um, there they meet uh, Midge Campbell, played by Scarlett Johansson, who's a famous actress, um, and mother mm. to Dina, who uh, forms a strong bond throughout the movie with Woodrow. Scarlett Johansson's really good in this film. She's very, very 
she like takes the Wes Anderson acting style of being quite detached and like mm. doubles it. Um, okay. To, to quite a good outcome, I think. Good, because uh, we need some good Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She's she's had a <laughs> she's had ups and downs. Uh, yeah. in her public reputation for sure but uh, I think she does really well in this um, and yeah they proceed to basically uh, they get together for the annual Stargazers competition uh, the trailer gives away that there's, there is a science fiction element to this that leads to the town being quarantined mm. and all the characters are stuck there together and we can't watch as they slowly lose their minds in a very quirky Wes Anderson way and um, I won't say much more than that because I don't want to spoil it but it's brilliant it's really really ah. good I really, of course it is. It's it's. I I liked the French Dispatch, but I I didn't. It wouldn't be in my top list of like my top Wes Anderson films. Mm. Um, but this is his since the Grand Budapest Hotel. This is his best and most sort of pure film. Mm. It feels like one of those ensemble films he does so well, like Moonrise Kingdom, like yeah. Grand Budapest, like uh the Royal Tenenbaums. Um, and it's it's absolutely delightful. I really really liked it, and um, people should go and check it out. Asteroid City. It's it's yes. classic Wes Anderson, but it's if you if you in if you're in for that, it's all good. Oh, can't wait to watch it. Still, no, it hasn't been released in Italy, so I'm. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, maybe one day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, people should check out Asteroid City. People yeah. should not check out the Outwaters. Uh, terrible okay great yeah great culture catch-up great culture catch-up time to talk about some homework yeah sit down at the back and be quiet and get out your book because it's time to discuss your homework now last week we did our top five batman movies and the only one i hadn't watched from george's list was the Batman, twenty twenty two, Robert Bat, Robert Pattinson, Robert Pattinson. Yes, the Batman. Um, so um, what is it about? There's a guy that wants to. Uh, there's a guy that is killing a serial killer that is killing people around the city who are bad mm. they're not good people they're yeah. bad people he's they're killing Kendall people. Roy he's killing Roman Roy he's killing yeah. Logan Roy exactly he's so you don't for... really care yeah <laughs> you don't care like that was that's wonderful he's just killing people that should not shouldn't oh, not nobody should be killed <laughs> but <laughs> but he's like getting rid of people that are corrupt and are corrupting the city and um Batman has to um in well, it starts investigating with... Well, Batman hasn't got a good reputation in this one. People don't really like him, and we don't know why. Yeah. Well, well he's, only going for, he's only been going for a year, partly. It's, yes. it's early days, Batman. Yes. And uh, Bruce and, Wayne is in um, full-on goblin mode, so... Yes. Yeah. And his only friend is uh, Lieutenant James Gordon. That's his only friend, and uh, that's the only one that, that believes in him. Mm, played by Asteroid uh, City's uh, Jeffrey Wright. Yes, played by Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright, and um and yeah, so they have to discover who is this guy who's killing uh, corrupt people in um in Gotham City, and uh, Batman kind of uh discovers that everybody is corrupt <laughs> in Gotham City, mm. 
even maybe people close to him might be quite corrupteth. Yeah. Could, and could um, in there, whilst he he's in you know investigating, he meets Selena Kyle, uh, played by Zoe Kravitz, very sexy, very beautiful in this in this. She's always beautiful, but she's very attractive in this film. Yes, and um, uh, who else does he meet? That's it, really. Yeah. Well, he meets uh, Carmine Falcone. Ah, yeah. Well, he meets Carmine he meets uh, the penguin. Falcone. He meets the penguin, played by Colin Farrell, who is... I think if he didn't know if it was Colin Farrell, maybe you wouldn't say it was Colin Farrell. Oh, yeah. No, pretty... I, I don't think anyone would know unless they were told. He's pretty cool. He's not like the penguin from uh, uh, Batman Returns at all. No, but there is one bit where his legs are tied together and he waddles. For a moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, eh, hey, come on, what are you doing to me? Yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, then we find out who the um, who is the killer, who is clearly well the Riddler, but I'm not gonna say who it is because I didn't realize who it was. The oh. actor. Oh, I mean, it's pretty. He's well. pretty well known that he's in the movie. You don't. Yeah. He's Paul Dano. Well, yeah, it's Paul Dano. Um, and um, Alfred is a cool. Is played by is play. But very cool that Alfred in this one played by Andy Circus. Mm, not enough Andy liked. Circus though. Not enough Andy Circus. Because there's Maybe not there's never not much, there's very little Bruce Wayne. Um, there's very little Bruce <clears throat> Wayne. Yeah, like you said last week, this is mainly Batman. Batman is Batman, mm. and Bruce Wayne is just a mask. Yeah, this guy that is quite sad and grumpy all the time. Um, so it rains a lot in this he film. He likes to listen to Nirvana. That's what Bruce Yeah. And he's always got makeup on his eyes and his floppy hair. And yeah. He's not very happy as Bruce Wayne. Um, what I've noticed in, in this, like Batman looks quite strong and, um, you know, secure, like sure of himself. And Bruce Wayne is just this skinny floppy haired kind of gloomy guy that you see what five times uh, not even you see very little so you kind of forget bruce wayne in a way exists in this film yeah. um he doesn't really exist which is interesting and then selena kyle who he kind of forms a, a tight friendship with um never sees him as bruce wayne she just knows him as batman mm-hmm. so <clears throat> it's definitely batman batman mm-hmm. And um, it's very dark. And in some bits, it kind of reminded me of uh, the comic book. Um, I know it's Batman, but it reminded me of Watchmen. How oh, yeah. everything is gloomy and dark. And, uh, yeah, it definitely the, has the a Watchmen vibe. Yeah. And the city's corrupt and everything is crap. And Yeah, it's the closest Batman has ever been to Rorschach, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, in a way, yeah. And it's just kind of, um, it's just dark and gloomy and the city looks uh, dirty and it looks really like a, like a comic book. And I quite, I, I, I like that. And it's quite long. It's like mm. two, um, it, it borders two on nearly three, three hours. hours. Yeah. But it didn't, it didn't feel like <clears throat> it. It felt, it didn't feel like three hours. You know, it's just, it, it just went along and it's just dark and it's kind of, um, Maybe some bits could have been avoided, but you know, I think I think it was it wasn't like a a three hour. Sh- well, it's interesting. Stop people this. people criticize it for 
the the last like what forty minutes or so feels to some people feels added on. Mm. And if you think it's a, if you think of it in the traditional way a comic book movie is thought of, where it's the hero versus the villain, in a way that does feel added on because he the villain is sort of dealt with by that point. Yeah. But it's not about that. It's about his journey into realizing why he's Batman and what he should represent to Gotham. Yeah. And the last forty minutes of the movie are completely necessary for Batman to make that realization that he's not vengeance; he's hope, and he represents hope at the end of the film. Yeah, and if it's not clear, I really like the film. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I I like the darkness of it, and it's not it's not the kind of dark night kind of darkness. It's more, it's more dirty dark. Like it's Gotham is a bad place. Yeah, like the dark night's darkness place. is like real life darkness. Whereas yeah, this darkness yeah. is. It's like comic book painted darkness. Painted darkness, yeah. Yeah. Oh, painted. Whoa, very nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was good. The, the, the characters are very well played, and it's. Uh, um, he has, he has Batman has the opportunity to kind of run away, but he doesn't because he will have to save um, the city, and. Um, yeah, I if I had to put it if I had to put it in my list, I think I would take off Batman and Robin, and I would put put this probably in my number five. Fair enough. Yes, yes, because I think it's it's good. Yeah, yeah, good. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and it's a shame because I would like to know, I would like an origin because it's so it kind of starts in the mid mid middle. I would like to know his origin story and I would like to know what happens next. It'd be nice if it was a trilogy of like, okay, this is what happens now. Yeah. Then the next one will be, this is what happened before he became Batman. And that's why he is so twisted. Like he's so depressed. Mm -hmm. And then after what he becomes, what is hope? It'd be nice if it was a trilogy. Well, there's at least, there is a part two coming. So we will at least yeah. get what happens yeah. next. And they're making a, it's not a prequel, but they are making a Penguin show for HBO. With Colin? With Colin Farrell, yeah. So nice. we're going to see him go from where he is at the end of this movie to being the new sort of Carmine Falcone, I think, like the new crime boss <clears throat> of nice. Gotham. So I loved his um, his uh, place where his uh, uh, Bruce Wayne cat man manor. Oh, yeah. Where, and it, it's just so gothic and cartoonish it was just so that that's when when you see it inside i'm like yeah i like this yeah it's yeah. cool yeah um oh well yeah yeah i'm glad you liked it i yeah i i i am excited to see the next one and it is yeah it'll be interesting to see a prequel i mean, I bet they'll end up doing a prequel comic book uh mm. when, the, when the dust settles a bit because the movie makes it clear enough that he's had his first encounter with the joker by the point we yeah. meet um meet him uh, so it'd be interesting to see that story, uh, even if it is just in a comic book at some point. But yeah, cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Hmm. I had to watch, because I've seen all of the Batman, other than uh, yes. Batman 1966, but neither of us have seen that. And, um, you know, mm. never mind. Uh, so I picked a movie from your culture catch-up from the uh, week before, The Square. Yeah. The Square. The Square. This is a 2017 satirical black comedy uh, written and directed by Ruben Ostland. Uh, winning the the Palm Door at the Cannes Film Festival in, um, in twenty seventeen, uh, stars, yeah. uh, Kleist Bang, 
Um, I mean, Wikipedia says it stars Kleist Bang, Elizabeth Moss, Dominic West, and Terry Notary, but it it, it stars Kleist Bang. Uh, yeah. I might I might be pronouncing his first name wrong. Um, but Kleist Bang, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. I apologize. But um, yeah, he is. Uh, he plays Christian, mm. the uh, director curator of an art museum in Stockholm, Sweden. Um, And they are just about to launch a new exhibition called The Square. The idea being uh, that there's a big square on the floor and if you stand in it, everyone is responsible for everyone else uh, equally. Mm -hmm. Um, The movie follows him through a period of his life where things... You know, it's a satirical black comedy movie, so it's kind of making fun of the high art world. It's following him in his life as various events happen to him. He gets mugged very early on in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes on a ridiculous plan to try and get his stuff back. Yeah. Um, he encounters Elizabeth Moss's uh, reporter, who mm-hmm. lives with a monkey. Um <laughs> That scene was so weird, wasn't it? It's was like, is this real? Utterly bizarre. And yeah. uh, he um and and we sort of see him. Uh, I guess, I guess the story of the movie would be that he's uh, he he becomes so focused on this thing that's happening in his personal life that he kind of stops paying attention to his job, and it results in his downfall. Is that fair? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but also, how how hypocritical he is about everything, you know. We have this piece of art saying, oh, you need to be good to people and you need to be um, generous. And none of, none, of, none of the society that uh, is in the film is generous or wanting to help anybody. Yeah. And in not individual, like they're very individualistic, all yeah. the characters. And I'm glad for the movie because I'd never come to that conclusion on my own were it not for this film. What? So do you think the film is trying to teach you something? I think the film is satirising something that that doesn't benefit from being satirized because it's already on the mm. surface stupid what modern art mm, mod- not modern art but the people who think modern art is the most important thing yeah um it it's <sighs> but where has it been satirized you know I I I I I satirize modern how I I experience modern art when I go to a modern art museum and they tell me you need to take your shoes off now because that's how you're going to experience the art better, yeah. and this is a true story and I was like um what the, f-? yeah, so, like. I feel like people do take mod these kind of modern art things seriously. Yeah. I don't. No, you don't, and I don't, and I just find it hilarious when people take the mick out of these things, like yeah, the menu. But for I think example. it's like people, a cl- yeah, the menu. But the menu is like the menu satirizing kind of this fine dining cuisine that I satirize myself every time somebody goes like, oh, I went to this 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 thing where I ate, you know, air from from a from the butt cheek of a. But the dif- cow. the difference for me is the menu has a story. But this has a story. Oh, it doesn't have a story. It <laughs> doesn't a have a story. story. It has a, it has it has twenty minutes of story spread across two and a half hours, and the mm. most the most entertaining parts of the film don't mm. look. It's not. I don't hate the movie, but I don't like the movie. 
Mm. There were bits of the movie that I really liked. There's one scene in particular, and I don't need to tell you which scene it is, that I think is incredible. And I watched it mm. again as soon as the movie finished. Mm. But then there's a lot of scenes which are boring. And there's a lot mm. of scenes that don't... And I read... So the director... I don't like the director having read about it. First of all, he thinks he's Stanley Kubrick in as much as he makes... Every, he, make, he does 60 takes of every scene. Oh god. Even this even the you know the scene where he's looking in the um in the garbage for the uh is it the the, the phone number of the kid? Do you know which scene I'm talking about? Kleist Bang is yeah. it? He made Kleist Bang do 60 takes of that. Mm. And I read another thing. There's a there's a, there's a scene there's a scene that I've seen described as the climactic scene of the film, but it takes place about half an hour before the end of the movie and has no bearing on the plot and isn't referenced before the scene or after the scene. So how you would consider it the climactic scene i don't know but it's a sequence where we where we witness um a sort of uh live performance piece by an artist called oleg played by Mm. terry notary and terry notary is a guy who if you've watched any movie over the past 20 years where someone is is uh motion capturing acting as a as an animal in any way Mm. terry notary either was that animal or was the uh movement coach Mm. for those actors he's been in all the planet of the apes movies all these other things etc You don't really ever, you never see him as himself in a film, like not w- without CGI all over him or anything. He plays the big, huge uh, Thanos yeah. soldier mm. in, the, in the Avengers movies. He's got these, he, so it's set in this big ballroom, um, this big expensive meal. Everyone's, all these rich people are gathered together to, um, to, to witness this performance piece. And a voiceover comes on saying, you're about to enter a jungle and a, an animal's going to enter the room. And if you say or do anything, the animal's going to notice you. It might come for you. So, you know, the best mm. thing to do is to be quiet. Da, 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 da. And then Terry Notary enters the room and he's in full on I'm a monkey mode. And he's got mm. these kind of crutch type things that extend his arms out so that he can walk like a monkey. And he, you know, mm. he's incredible at doing it because he's been doing yeah. it for like 20 years and he's the best mm. in the world at, th- at this exact thing. Um, and he proceeds to then refuse to drop character and um, at- find the alpha in the room, which turns out to be Dominic West and uh, attack him and get him out of the room and then mm. find the most attractive woman in the room and attempt to mate with her. And uh, it keeps escalating and escalating and escalating and escalating. Mm. And it's very, very intense and very, very, ah. Oh, and then it all kind of culminates in a moment that then kind of, for me, kind of is the point where in, in satire, when characters stop acting in a real way and start acting like in an over-the-top satirical manner, it, it, it doesn't always work for me. And the way the scene ends mm. doesn't completely work for me. But the, the scene itself is like, to watch it is incredible. And I read behind mm. the scenes the. All, most of the people at the dinner are like the 1% of Stockholm. Like it's genuinely like the people that would be at an event like that in reality. Mm. And they weren't told what was going to happen. And it's that, oh, okay. it's like, oh, that's a, that's a cool little, well done. Like it's not the first time a filmmaker's had that idea, but it's a, it's a good use of that technique mm. of like, let's not tell people this is about to happen and see what the reactions are. Yeah. But then you also read that they did 60 takes of it. Once you've done one take of that, 60 60 that's, that's too much 60 takes of everything mm. um so that scene's crazy and awesome mm-hmm. and there's other awesome scenes throughout the mm. movie but by the end of the film because it was so long and i'll watch a movie that's two and a half three hours long but because it was so long and also because it had bored me sort of repeatedly on and off and also don't don't beat me over the head with 
look, they want to care about the world, but look at all these people asking them for money, begging, and they're ignoring them. I, I know. I know. I know that that's where we are in the society we live in. What are you telling me? What, is, what, are you, what point are you making? I found it a bit preachy and a bit annoying. And I'm disappointed because I've had it on Blu-ray for like five years mm. and I've been meaning to watch it for five years and I was really excited to finally watch it. Like I went in with the best intentions, not overhyped. I would like, I've known about it for a long enough time. I'm not like, oh, hyped about it, but just like ready to enjoy it. Mm. And it didn't really cut it for me. I think I still want to watch Triangle of Sadness because I, I, I think it looks good, but um, yeah, I'm slightly less sold on it now. Mm. Sorry. No, I didn't make the film. <laughs> Shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you haven't watched Triangle of Sadness yet. No, I need to watch it, but I can't find it anywhere. Mm. It's on Amazon Prime in the UK. Like, you can watch it Not in Italy. That's annoying. Uh, and his movie, his his movie from earlier, Force Majeure, which is meant to be good mm. as well. Yeah. Um, I'd quite like to see that. Like, I still want to watch his work. Yeah. But this one, uh, I don't know. What does it mean for a film to win the Palm d'Or? At that point, it's good. Those those people in France thought it was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, Dominic West is like on the posters for this movie. He's in two scenes, and in one of those scenes, he's in it for like a minute. What's going on? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. What's happening? Okay, my tube. anything to show um well i i i've got a little clip of uh rina sawayama uh, starting her glastonbury set with the stfu song the oh, first song that we ever heard of rina sawayama yeah it's a good song yes um rina sawayama not being very uh happy at glastonbury and calling somebody out which we believe is Matt Healy. Well, is is Matt Healy? It is. What well, I said, we believe. Oh. Yeah, it is. <laughs> is Matt Healy? Sick and tired of these microaggressions. And there's corn. This goes out to a white man that watches ghetto gathers and mocks Asian people on a podcast. He also owns my masters. Yeah. There she is. So he mocked Asian people on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, he did. Not That's... a good move. Well, you knew about that yeah. already, right? I don't... I must. I might have forgotten about it. And what are ghetto gaggers? I think it's a phrase he uses in the podcast episode. He's in, I don't really know, to be honest. I think it's an unpleasant okay. sexual term. 
Oh, oh sorry. Uh, uh, I, I, I play my Italian card. That I don't know what I mean. <laughs> I'm ah, not. Si, si, no, no. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's all I wanted to show you. Um, I don't know if you have it already, but um, uh, there's new Sofia Coppola trailer for Priscilla. Priscilla. Oh, no, I haven't watched that trailer, uh, actually. Do you, do, have you Would seen you like it? to watch it? Yeah, we can watch it. No, I haven't watched it. So do you want to watch it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what's this obsession with Elvis at the moment? I don't know. It's this. It's it always seems to happen that you make one and then two come along at once, kind of thing. Yeah, um, and I hope it's going to be good because I love Sofia Coppola. She's great. Yeah, uh, and this is you know must be from the perspective of Priscilla, which who was um his uh, wife. Mm. Are you ready to watch it? I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's go. Okay. So Sofia Coppola and Elvis is played by uh, Z- uh, Jacob Elordi from Euphoria, which, which I it wouldn't be my first choice, but who knows? But I guess it's not going to be so much about Elvis, is it? It's going to be more about her. So yes, it's got Sofia Coppola style, you know, kind of sepia tones. He does still look a little bit like Elvis. Yeah, I mean... Ah, no, this was the teaser. Is that... I think that's it. That's the trailer, right? Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same yeah. month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it looks interesting. Mm. I really liked Elvis. This looks like a really different take on, on Elvis. So, um, yeah. you know... Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see it uh, when it finally comes out. I didn't even know they were making it. I hadn't even heard of it. Um, oh, me neither. But uh, I will happily watch uh, a Sofia Coppola Priscilla. But it's the year it. of you know female directors. We have Greta Gerwig with Barbie. We have Sofia Coppola with Priscilla. We have um, a new A twenty four film called Past Lives, which I showed you a trailer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw. Uh, directed by Celine Song. Mm. It's her debut as well. Yeah, that trailer was on before the Wicker Man the other day. It's, it does look good. Ah. Mm. I definitely want to watch it. Yeah, same. Um, I, can I show you a couple of trailers? Definitely, yeah, yeah, please yeah. do. So this is the trailer for Drive Away Dolls. Oh, Drive Away Dolls. Drive Away Dolls. Have you heard of this? Not at all. Okay, well, this is a new movie directed by. Uh, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to guess who directed this. So I'm going to let the movie, the trailer, tell you. Okay. Uh, I didn't know this movie existed until the trailer for it came out, but the cast is strong, and okay. uh, the um. The, di- the director is, is good as well. So hopefully this will be good. It looks like a fun time. Okay. You ready? You, you know I'm bad with names, so you have to you, go, uh, you have to say the name. Don't worry about that. You'll know who this is. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Driving dolls. Drive away dolls. Oh, drive away. <laughs> drive away dolls. Okay. Pedro Pascal. Oh, Pedro Pascal. Not on your life. Okay, so they're in an alleyway fighting. Ethan Cohen. Cohen. Oh, one of the Cohen brothers. Mm. Okay. We've got Margaret Qualley and Geraldine Viswanathan, but two very good young actresses. Very good. They're in a club. Mm. 
So it's a comedy. Yeah. Directed by one of the Coen brothers and somebody else. His wife. His wife. Mm. They wrote it together, but he's directed it on his own, I think, is the official Okay. Curly here. Don't call me Curly. And your name Curly? My name is Curly. We just met. It's too familiar. <laughs> but it looks like okay. one of those uh, classic caper-style Coen Brothers films. But obviously just, yes. just the one Coen. Yes. They drive the car instead of you. Is that bad? Bad if they find the goods. Okay, so they just had an accident. Yeah, they've, they've managed to rent a car that appears to have something in it. A briefcase. A briefcase. And we don't see what's in the briefcase. But it's enough maybe to... Maybe we'll never see it. Maybe maybe a Pulp Fiction moment. Maybe a Pulp Fiction briefcase. Oh, is that Matt Damon? Matt Damon's there. Beanie oh, Fag- Feldstein's there. Oh. Okay. Oh, I think I'm going to enjoy this. Right, it looks fun, doesn't it? He looks, it looks quirky. It looks kind of dark comedy thing. Lots, like a good cast. Mmm. Nice. Coleman Domingo's <laughs> from uh, Euphoria as well, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. I like Coleman Domingo's. He's good. good. Yeah. Oh, is this coming out this year? I think so, yeah. I think it's out, I don't know, soon. Drive Away Dolls. Drive Away Dolls. Love it. It's just funny because based on the... Based on the... Tra- based on the... Uh, what am I trying to say? Um, name of it, I you'd yeah. kind of be like, oh, what is that? But um, it actually looks pretty good. Do you, want to see a, yeah. do you want to see a trailer for something that doesn't look pretty good? Yes. Just, or no, I don't know. Yeah, you do. I do. Come on, this this is episode four of the idol. <laughs> oh god, not 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 that bad. Right. Okay. I'm showing Craven. You... Oh god, what's those eyes? Those eyes. Do you, oh. do you know who Craven the Hunter is? Uh no. Okay, I'm going to tell you before it's straight. Craven the Hunter is a bad guy from yeah. the Spider-Man uh comic. This books. guy's freaking me out though. So can we change picture? Just look away from him for a moment. Oh my He'll god. Okay. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna play it very very quickly. Okay. Craven Hunter is a bad guy in Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. Sony are determined to make Spider-Man villains into weird anti-heroes. Their last attempt nice. was Morbius. Oh, okay. Which did not work at all. No, bad film. Yeah. This is the new one. Okay. See what you think. Oh, I already don't like it. Okay. His hunt starts now. Okay, Craven the Hunter. We are somewhere, and this guy has got big shoulders. He's big, big shoulders. And he's, uh, something is happening. Running really Jumped fast. Jumped out a window, running along the oh. street. Why is he so strong? Is he like Spider-Man? No. Because I saw lots of spiders before. <laughs> no, okay. Is destroying everything. Who's the actor? It's, well, that's... Oh, my, oh. <laughs> What's he doing in it? What's his name? Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe doing a Russian doing accent. Doing one of his can, can we, accents. Can we stop film. doing accents? No. Can we stop having American Australian actors doing accents? No. Oh, so annoying. Why? Okay, so he's the dad and he wants him to kill a lion. Why does he want him to kill a lion? Because he's Russian and Russians kill lions. Is that what it is? 
I don't think so, no. Okay. I don't know. That just seems so silly. The lion attacks the kid. And they're going to kill him because that's what you do. Oh. They get some lion blood in him. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. So he's now a lion blood guy. He's a lion blood guy. Oh, he's a cat. That's why those eyes that were freaking me out before. <laughs> and he's hunting because he's a lion. Okay. Get saved by a wolf. Oh, God. This just looks hor awful. <laughs> Just, oh no, no, what's his name? Aaron. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Why is he doing it? I don't, why, they they must have a lot of money because to, uh, like, um, we have Russell Crowe. Sydney Sweeney's doing Aaron one Taylor, as well later. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Why? Why? He's a good actor. Why? Just another man. Do you think this is is this is this is he supposed to be a Spider-Man villain? Yeah, yeah, he's a Spider-Man bad guy. He's Craven the Hunter. He he he's a hunter. He kills animals. But in this, he's not a hunter. He's like an animal lover. They've changed the character, which is fine. But what? Why? So he's not going to kill spiders or Spider-Man. No, I think he's going to love animals. I mean, he's a, okay. when he's a Spider-Man villain, it's because he turns up in New York and he's like, "I'm going to hunt the ultimate, the ultimate prey, okay. Spider-Man." Um, but in this, I don't know because Spider-Man's not going to be in it. What's What's the purpose of his of his um, existence? What's his whole deal? There is an animal in each one of us. Don't you want to know? Why does everybody got an accent? So he's supposed to be a Spider-Man villain that goes against Spider-Man. Yes. But in this case, he's not going against Spider-Man. He's going against bad people that kill animals. I guess, yes. He's, he's trying to save animals from bad stuff. Um, because, you know, he's a good guy now. Craven. Ah, so, so we're not, we're not, he's not going to be a bad guy I, anymore. No or yes? No. Even though it says something about villains aren't... aren't I don't know. I'm I don't so know what confused. to tell you, Alex. But I can tell I, you, I've, I've got one final trailer to share with you that will okay. cheer you up, if you haven't seen Thank it. Thank you. That's crazy, though. Like, he's supposed to fight Spider-Man, and he's not fight, spy, fighting Spider-Man. Oh, I watched this one. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll watch it again, though. I, I wanted to watch it constantly. I think mm. it looks wonderful. It does. This is Challenges. Uh, so the trailer's for, yeah, new Luca Guadagnino's trailer with Zendaya. Yeah. Film. How, how new, does he do Luca it? Guadagnino he, film. How does he get them out so quickly? I feel like Bones and All was only just last, yesterday and now he's back with uh, with Challenges. Yeah. What a guy. Yeah. Uh, he had, he had, he had um, Timothée Chalamet and now he's got Zendaya. Yeah. What's the next? Whole... Tom Holland? No, Tom Holland's taking the year No, off. Florence Pugh. Next one is oh, Florence Pugh. Oh, that would be great, wouldn't it? Uh, okay. Yeah. Should we go? Yeah. Is uh, what what confuses me? Mm -hmm. It's not a real story, is it? It's just a no, made-up story of a, people yeah. playing tennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I like the music already. You know. Yeah, this is a good song. It's so joke. good being bad. Yeah, and uh, Zendaya is a tennis player. And she's a good tennis player. Thank you. And I think she's got two guys liking her. Yeah. Yes. Hey, yes. Come hang out with us later. Want me to come tuck you in? No, we just keep talking. 
God, she's beautiful, isn't she? Yeah. Um, and there's uh, there's kind of like flashbacks and flash forwards of their relationship as a yeah. thruple. Yes. Oh, Zendaya's got two boys. But only one will end up with her. Well, we don't know. And then who knows what's going to happen? What makes you think I want someone yes. to be in love with me? It's nice. Oh, she's intense. Yes, she's very intense. And she has an injury. Art's got his coach, Tashi Donaldson, who also is his wife. I'm playing for both of us, Tashi. Yes, so now she does can't play anymore because she's got this injury. Well, she coaches one of the two boys. When we were yes. When we were hey, I love you. That's the actor that, that plays Prince Charles in The Crown. Oh, really? See, I don't know yeah. the, two, the two men. I only know Zendaya. Yeah, there's Josh O'Connor. He plays uh, Prince Charles in one of them. Uh, like, I can kind of see that, to be fair, now that you've said it. Yeah. We went somewhere really beautiful together. Yeah. I'm taking such good care of my little I need to watch Bones and All, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bones and All is so good. I think this is gonna be good. Because Zendaya looks intense. This guy is, He's one of the he's one of the he's one of the directors. He really is. Yeah. And he's Italian. Whoop whoop. Yeah, good on yeah, good on Italian. Good on Italy. Um, <laughs> he's incredible. He's one of the he's he's up there with um the guy like Denny Villeneuve. Um, Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Uh, good stuff. I'm so excited. Right, yes. that brings us pretty much to the end of episode 110. It's been a chunky one, uh, but that's okay because next week's will probably be a little bit shorter. Um, but still yes. wonderful. We're going to be talking about the bear next week, which I can't wait to do. We're the bear. Season one of the bear. In preparation yes. for season two, which is already out in America as we're recording, but uh, hits uh. hits uh, international Disney Pluses uh, mid July. Um, oh, we have to wait that long. I know. Well, that's why we're doing this now, and then we're gonna come back in a, in a month or two to discuss uh, season two. Um, so I'm gonna yeah. ask you to recommend me something from Culture Catch Up for people to go and look at. Um, yeah, I would recommend um, Michaela Cole's book, Misfits, A Personal Manifesto. And um, watch Succession. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to recommend people watch uh, No Hard Feelings um, and Asteroid mm-hmm. City, two very good films um, worth watching. Don't go watch The Flash, which is apparently going to come in the American box office this weekend and it's only its second release is on in danger of having the biggest drop off ever for a superhero movie it's going to be like 70% less box office in its second week uh, potentially really? yeah but almost yeah. certainly coming in third place behind uh, across the spider-verse which is in its fourth week of release and um elemental which bombed last week but is holding on a bit better and it might even come in fourth place behind no hard feelings and for a jennifer lawrence R-rated, what yeah for an r-rated studio comedy to beat the flash in its second week at the box office would be shocking stuff amazing so, let's hope that happens um 
please can you go and rate and review us as I mentioned at the top uh, it'd be great to get some more feedback there uh, go and look at the show notes for this and every episode to find our link tree link to uh, do all of those fun things and talk to us and come back next week for episode 111 when we're going to be discussing the bear it's been wonderful to be with you I love you very much goodbye thank you bye 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 bye, bye, bye.